So welcome back to the Radical Christ episode 16 as we are going to be looking at how Jesus walked on water um, and how he invited Peter to join him and the catastrophe that resulted for Peter. Um, so I look forward to unpacking this um, story about Jesus's life in his ministry as we look at issues of fear and we look at finding uh, ways of balance. Um, see you in a minute. So to begin with, to locate the uh, context, I'm reading from Matthew's Gospel. Just before the reading begins, Jesus has um, performed an act of public ministry where he has fed 5,000 uh, people, a large crowd, with just uh, two fish and five loaves. And we read, we pick up the story after that event, and it's uh, Matthew writes, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, that's of the lake of Galilee, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came to them, uh, walking on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So, the temptation for us Westerners with this particular story is to fall into the trap of saying, How did that work? Um, it's not scientific, people can't walk on water, um, you know, just what on earth is going on, was it in the shallows, um, you know, and all of that would, would actually be to miss the point. Because like everything of Jesus as an archetypal map of the human journey, um, scripture is at its most valuable, all scriptures, when we take them as true stories that might never have happened. They are not scientific accounts, they are not historical accounts. They are stories that convey truth about life and are stories about our own interior worlds. So let's begin just to unpack 
uh, this particular miracle story from that context. Um, and one of the things we have to uh, bear in mind is that it is an echo of the story of Noah and the ark. We, we don't have the exact details, but imprinted on the life of, me, of the Jews and Judeo-Christian people and the Abrahamic faiths was this uh, primal narrative about once there was a flood that destroyed everything. Um, and of course, for us, um, we still have that symbolism of the sea as being the untamed, powerful symbol of the unconscious. Uh, when we have dreams about water and lakes and seas, those are often uh, dreams that are symbolizing something coming up out of the unconscious. So in this very abstract uh, picture of um, Noah and the ark, we, we, we must always remember that there is this story, this proto-story about the preservation of life um, against the waters of chaos. It comes up throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Psalms. Um, there are references to, to the chaos of the sea. And so in, in the sense that, that Jesus walks on the water, there's this image that, um, of a reference back, because if you look at it as an ark, there is a new community. There is a new group of people who are being called out um, and uh, preserved. Um, and, and so the, the meeting of, of Jesus on the lake in the storm and inviting Peter to walk with him um, comes out of that context the waters of chaos. Probably not as calm as this picture, maybe um, this is a better representation, um, but in, in whatever uh, imagery works for you, there is the sense of um, Jesus coming to the disciples who are going to drown. They are in fear of their lives, and Jesus comes calmly walking across the water uh, towards them, and there's this encounter where he invites Peter. Um, so, the first um, aspect I ask you to notice is how the word but comes up in, in the passage. Um, we read about um, Jesus comes walking towards the disciples on the lake, but, and then Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water and came towards Jesus, but, and in both cases, the but, is followed by a reality of fear. There's the fear of the disciples that Jesus is an apparition or a ghost or, or some demonic force. Um, and then the second but is that Peter takes his eyes off Jesus but and then looks at the waves and becomes afraid. Um, so in the, in, in the Buddhist uh, scriptures, there's a, there's a very interesting simile that is used by the Buddha. He speaks about how sometimes when you can walk um, in, in the twilight and you're walking in your garden, you will see a rope lying on the ground. And if you don't look clearly and you are anxious and afraid, your mind might tell you that it's a snake. And so you look and you see, oh my word, there's a snake and there's this panic. And only when you look again and you look carefully, are you able to say, oh no, wait a minute, that's not a, 
that's not a snake, that's a piece of rope. Or perhaps a more topical would be walking in the garden and seeing uh, what you think is a snake and then looking and realizing it's your host pipe lying on the lawn. Um, but but one senses how sometimes anxiety can distort our perception. So the, the disciples, the but for the disciples, the changes is the but of fear. Jesus is coming to them. They're in the storm. Jesus is coming, but they can't see him. They don't see the rope they, or they don't see their master. They see a ghost. They see a snake and they panic. Peter is walking towards Jesus. He's going to be with Jesus by invitation. Um, but he then looks and he sees the waves and he panics. Now, I know this is a cliche, but it's still, uh, I always say the cliches are cliches um, because they are true. And that's why we repeat them so often and they become cliches. But there is this um, acronym for fear that I think is is quite valid. That fear is often false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. It's a rope. It's the host pipe. It's not a snake. But our fear can distort our perception. And so I invite you just to take a moment and to think about how many times have we allowed our fears to distort our perceptions of reality? How we can often become obsessed with things that are not actually as we think we see them to be. And, but we're panicking about the ghosts. We're panicking about the waves. We're panicking about um, the snake. And we're not seeing Jesus. We're not seeing that it's actually just a host pipe. And so sometimes one needs to realign your perceptions for the overcoming of fear and the healing of that anxiety. How did Jesus keep his balance um, and how was he able to avoid being overwhelmed by fear? Well, the balance that, that Jesus uh, keeps is, um, is in this passage. Um, so if we see the pendulum goes to the extreme at number one, the middle is number three, the extreme of number five. Um, if we look at the life of Jesus, you will notice in this passage that there is a huge clue. Um, and it comes right early on. So Jesus, as I said before, has fed the 5,000. So he's been in the crowd. He's been with this crowd of 5,000 demanding people. He's fed them. He's, 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 uh, he's healed their sick. Um, there's been this huge outflow of energy from Jesus. And then we read, he's dismissed the crowds, sends the disciples away. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against him. Can you see the balance? So Jesus has the outflow of his public ministry. Um, and then he has the time where he goes into solitude and he goes into retreat and he goes into prayer to recover. Um, and so there are these rhythms in life between extroversion and introversion. 
Um, we can't always just be pouring out. We sometimes have to pull back and uh, gather ourselves. Um, there is the, the rhythm between silence and speech. We can't always just be talking. Sometimes we have to stop and become silent and then discover that the, the real truth that we are looking for is not found in the words, but actually found in the silences in between. There is the, the, the rhythm between um, prayer and action. Uh, one of the distinctions between Eastern and Western religions is that the Eastern religions tend to focus very much on interiority, on meditation, um, on sitting and, and, and clearing the mind. Whereas the Western uh, the Ab Abrahamic religions are all about action, about compassionate service. And, and in a fascinating interview with the Dalai Lama that I read recently, uh, somebody cynically said to him, I'm, so, I'm sure you have great problems with Christianity in the West. And he said, oh no, he said the Christi Christian religion is a magnificent religion, it's wonderful. He says the acts of Christian service that Christians perform in the world are, are, are very, very powerful. And so, so the, the balance, the imbalance between them is that in the East, it's very tempting just to become all meditative and sitting on the cushion and looking for enlightenment and not doing anything. And so uh, one of my teachers, Tanisara, um, who, who is a, a Buddhist practitioner, has written a book which calls Time to Get Up, <laughs> Time to Engage. You, we can't just all sit here meditating. There are problems in the world. And on the other side, in, in, the, in, in, in my tradition, in our tradition, the Christian tradition, um, there's often this need to say to Christians, please slow down. You can't just pour yourself out in activism all the time. You have to recover. You're going to burn out. So, so it's all about these rhythms and finding the balance. And, and one of the very useful um, discernment points that I, want to, uh, that I want to share with you today is is a way to test where you are can be to use the breath as a metaphor. So Jesus with the 5,000 feeding the crowd, breathing out, giving, breathing out. Um, his power going out from him, his dunamis going out from him into the crowd and, and doing good things. And then there is the need to go alone and to pray and to, and to breathe in. And then again to re-engage with the storm on, on the sea of, of on the Lake of Galilee. So, so a good discernment point, if we are to find a balance in our own lives, is to ask yourself, what have I just been doing? Have I been breathing out or have I been breathing in? You can't just do the one. It's impossible just to breathe out. So if you want to try, let's do it. Let's just breathe out. <gasps> just stay yeah you gotta at some point you're gonna have to <gasps> breathe in <laughs> and similarly with the breathing in you can't just breathe in there's a time when the breath then has to go out and so it's this rhythm this balance that can be often a, a way of us addressing our own fears of being able to see clearly if you find yourself over anxious ask yourself what have i been doing too much of have i been pouring too much out do i need to recover or have I been too interior? I mean, if lockdowns taught us anything, it's that sometimes we can drive ourselves insane by being on our own um, and, and noticing how we can begin obsessing and, and getting uh, caught up in all sorts of Facebook sagas and fake news and, 
and echo chambers of, of things going on. And then to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need to take a bit of a media fast here. I need to step back. Um, this is too much in my head. I'm driving myself crazy. Let me step outside. Let me go put on my mask and, and go and engage the world and just find that balance once again. So that's how we stroll through storms. We find our balance. We address our fear. We look for the false evidence that is appearing real. And in that way, Jesus helps us to be a metaphor for our human life. So thank you for your time. I hope you uh, enjoyed this session. Um, it was lovely to be with you once again. And uh, please like and subscribe on this video. It helps to get the, uh, the word out there. And uh, I'll see you again soon. Thank you very much. <music>